2: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports brought to you by JohnnyTshirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
3: Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. You are listening live if you're on the YouTube stream, the Inside Carolina YouTube stream at the moment, Tuesday evening, 9 o'clock on the East Coast, Got a fun show planned. Greg Barnes is here, Joey Powell, Taylor Viplis, Gregory Hall, man in the live stream. We will have other guests join us as the night goes on. Uh, I guess we'll talk about the new head basketball coach at the University of North Carolina. Hubert Davis announced yesterday, full press conference today at 2 o'clock. Greg, I'll get right into it. Uh, Something that I kind of took away from yesterday and today and watching as much as I could Uh, Hubert Davis said, you'll never know unless you give me a shot. He told that to Dean and Roy years ago. He basically said it again today. um, Your general thoughts on this, Uh, this is, this feels like a big deal for North Carolina. Well, for sure it is.
4: And, And look, Hubert Davis, his job today was to calm the masses, to settle any fears that he was not ready for this job to share a little bit about himself, um, to share the lineage, right, the fact that uh, he played for, for Dean, the fact that Dean, Bill Guthridge, and Roy Williams came to his house when he was in high school to recruit him. Um, he coached under Roy. He, he is the embodiment of, of what Carolina basketball is, right? Uh, what does he lack? He lacks head coaching experience but his job was to share all those things and be reassuring and, and provide some energy and provide some passion. And he did all those things. Um, You know, as, as inside Carolina, we, we try to kind of dive deeper. And so we ask questions about recruiting and about style of play. And he really didn't have uh, much answers for those, right. Kind of spoken generalities, which is okay. I mean, there's plenty of time to get into those specifics that's why we asked um, but today was more about kind of just presenting himself to the Carolina family to the Carolina fan base most importantly and to the country of like hey you know, th- this was not a bad hire this was a hire that I'm going to prove to you as a good hire he clearly has a lot of support has some very powerful people behind him um, I, I think it, it speaks volumes how much he heaped praise on Roy Williams because Roy Williams is really in his corner on this um, and so, I, you know, I think he did what he needed to do. And, yes, it's a mo- momentous occasion. Um, I mean, the fact that that North Carolina has his first black uh, men's basketball coach has uh, been a long time coming. Uh, and that's a great thing for the program. That's a great thing for college basketball. Uh, and so a lot of a lot of good things occurred today. And um, crazy that we were talking four days ago about Roy Williams retiring, and now this this new modern era has begun.
3: Indeed, it has. And and before I forget, rate us, review us, subscribe, and do that on the podcast uh, links and in the podcast apps, and also subscribe on this YouTube channel. You might get to see us again tomorrow night talking about a different topic. Um, And, and of course, support Johnny T-shirt. And I say it all the time. If you're not a premium subscriber to Inside Carolina, you have missed out a ton even in the last four days. Uh, So get on that bandwagon and join up. Greg Barnes had the first question – (laughs) <laughs> to Hubert Davis um, started off with a bang, you know, my concern with Hubert and I voiced it all week was that I didn't know if he was mean enough to be the head, be a head coach. And Greg, he, he chopped you off at the knees right away.
4: Uh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I had a uh, smart aleck response in my mind, but that would not have been a very uh, intelligent move on my behalf uh, to, to start the Hubert Davis era. Uh, but look, it's going to be a question. He's going to hear a ton. He is going to hear that a ton. You know, four days ago, Roy Williams is talking about how he, he's lost connection with the players. And all season long, we've talked about how North Carolina uh, is not valuing the three-point line, whether it be offensively or defensively. Uh, and that, you know, is this too traditional big approach archaic? We've had those discussions. Um. You guys know my stance on that. I mean, I think a lot of that was overblown. But those are the types of conversations that he's going to have to have. Those are the types of questions he's going to have to answer. And if he doesn't do it in a press conference, which is fine, he's going to have to do it on, on the court. Um, and so that those are the things that are coming. And, um, you know, as I said, we asked those questions. We asked that. We asked about recruiting, uh, which he kind of just reiterated, reiterated what, what Roy says on the recruiting trail um those, those are perfectly fine today was more about him kind of showcasing himself but those questions are not going away Tommy.
3: indeed they won't not until they lace them up uh i guess october so we've got a big show i've got taylor vip as i said joey powell here shout out to joey powell for getting the second dose of the vaccine today joey i, I can tell you that if it's bothering you now you, you're in for a couple
0: tough uh, days yesterday and i thought i was I thought I got through my 24 hour window. My wife made a joke about it earlier today. We we're actually at the beach and uh, went out, did some fishing today. And now I'm back in and about an hour ago, I started feeling like, like garbage, but I just rewatched Hubert's press conference again and now I feel great, so I'm good.
3: Absolutely. I've also got, uh, Michael Brooker has joined us. I don't know the organization of our pictures or our faces on your screen, but Brook's bottom right on mine. Mike, you've been pretty vocal Um, about what you think about hubert davis Um, from a carolina family guy what's his hire mean to you
5: i think it's incredible man he he is uh carolina through and through i've gotten to know hubert really really well over the years um worked his christian basketball camp for about 12 summers spent a couple of nights at his weekends at his house on trips up to chapel hill got a chance to really get to know leslie really well and Um, You're not going to find, aside from Coach Williams, uh, probably anybody that loves University of North Carolina more than Hubert Davis does. And uh, you can tell the passion he has for this place, um, the passion he has for the university, uh, the basketball program, the the reverence he speaks of for Coach Smith and Coach Guthridge and Coach Williams. So uh, I know he's going to pour everything he has into this place um, and going to do so and be extremely passionate about it. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Um I think obviously with his NBA background, his college background, his assistant background, I think he's uh as um as I heard before from Jay Billis, the right right man at the right time for this for this program and um I'm just really excited for him and his family and for us as a program to kind of move forward with him at the helm.
3: Yep, uh... I'm going to come to you because I want to ask you a question since you're the most hip of the bunch here. Um, I think you are at least. Uh, And and if you're listening on the live stream, ask ask us some questions. At Wise Origin, can Hubert emulate Mac and make Carolina a cool place to go? Uh, Mac has definitely made the football program the cool place. So, So tell us, Vip, from your cool standpoint, what does a coach have to do to accomplish that?
2: I think you really just have to be personable, somebody that when they come in for lunch, you want to sit down and and talk with them. It could be anything from you know music, um, current events that are going on, just somebody who you feel like you can have a conversation with and I think the the first sign of that that you get with Hubert Davis is just like Mac Brown, he's going to win the press conferences. If you could win a press conference, there would be a banner hanging right now in the Smith center with the clinic that Hubert Davis kind of put on. And you, you get that experience when you are an uh, ESPN analyst and you are in front of the camera and he, he's such a good public speaker. And I think the the biggest sign that he is a really good public speaker is he could tell the same story over and over again, and you get the same cadence and the same delivery to the point where you're like trying to look past him to see if, he, if, he, if he's going off like a teleprompter when he's talking about his love for Chapel Hill um, uh, being doubted when he was coming to UNC. Those stories, I listened to the, the Carolina Insider interview he did. I watched the college game day and then obviously the press conference. And it's the same stories every time. And it's just the same authentic Hubert Davis every time. And I think that's also the biggest thing. He's just an authentic person that you want to be around. You've seen all the reactions from his former teammates, um, former players in the Carolina program, current players in the Carolina program. Everybody loves Hubert Davis, and the reason is he's authentic, he's genuine, and he's somebody that you want to be close with.
3: Joey, we talked about it a lot on Inside Carolina Live. We'll, we'll have some special guests on Saturday at 10 o'clock on Chapelboroughcom and chl and 97.9 the hill uh but we talked about this and we talked about outsiders versus insiders and i keep coming back first of all i said i would be absolutely shocked if it was somebody outside the family and i think that a lot of people for whatever reason thought carolina needed to move in an outside the family uh way to stay hip and, and to stay you know, with the current events for lack of a better way of putting it, Joey, Uh, I mean, you listened to it and you saw it, and we've talked about it so much. I think potentially they've nailed it.
0: So I'll be honest. I was not on board with this when uh, it first started trending the way that it was going to be Hubert Davis. Um, And I go back to something that Sherelle said, and I hate that he's not here, but I'm going to try to try to do him justice with this quote the best coach may not be the right hire for North Carolina. And, you know, we've talked about how choosy rail is with his words, but um, that kind of got me thinking about it. And then, you know, from all of the former players that I have talked to the ones that I've heard from on like interviews and podcasts, I mean, Brooke summed it up beautifully earlier. Like it's all of those guys can't be wrong. Like, I just don't think that much basketball knowledge can be way off base. And, you know, I actually had some reservations, like, was he too nice? And I think obviously people know that that's a, that that might be a criticism of a of, of Davis because they've actually started addressing that too. You've heard him say, you know, you're never going to see anybody that competes as hard as he does. The word overachiever has been used quite a bit. Um, I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, after hearing the press conference today and you guys are exactly right. You can tell he's very polished very versed but none of it feels fake it all feels 100 percent genuine and that's the type of stuff that i think is going to win in uh is going to win in some living rooms you know when you're talking to moms about mac and cheese and nanner pudding and all that stuff like i think that's what's going to actually carry over is that he's done the college thing where he overachieved uh he's he's been very much a um, child of a, a single parent after he talked about losing his mom to cancer uh, has been an absolute rock star throughout his, you know, NBA career. And now as a coach, uh, can you really stand in front of him and say, well, you won't be a good coach in North Carolina because uh, his, his track record up until now is tells you that you're probably going to be wrong.
2: Vip, go ahead. Um, yeah. I was going to say, uh, Joe, you mentioned how everybody's kind of been saying Hubert Davis is, is a really nice guy. Everybody's kind of mentioned that I've talked with, Former players, and they're saying that like once he gets on the court, there's a switch that he hits where it's not like he's not he's not a mean person, but he can get in this mode where you kind of snap out of it, and you're like, okay, like it's it's time to work. So I think that's also a big takeaway that I've gotten from a lot of the guys. Like Hubert comes he comes across as this really nice and genuine person because he is. But don't let that fool you with he doesn't want to be out there and win. And I think the the overall message I've gotten from guys that have played with Hubert and know Hubert, yeah, it's that this team is going to compete and they're going to compete hard.
0: You know, I love that you said that. Tommy, I'll give this back to you in a second. But um, I saw something earlier. I can't remember who said it, but it was actually spot on. His, his aura in a press conference, he almost gets defensive. And I think about the way he responded to Greg. He didn't like – bite Greg's hand off in that first question, but he has a little bit of that nasty. What what feels like an edge behind it that MJ had like, you know, that, that where Jordan used to be in press conferences, like who the hell are you to be asking me this question? I'm not saying he's MJ, but I, I, I do think that's, you make a great point. Vip. Greg,
4: when did it become a bad thing to be a nice guy? I mean, the guy know, played 12 one, years.
2: I, I think you <laughs> yeah. get associated with a pushover and I, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's gonna get pushed over.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think so. There, I mean, you don't play in the NBA for twelve years. You don't play alongside of Michael Jordan. You don't play with John Starks, and Charles Mason, and those guys. Patrick Ewing. I mean, yeah, Oak. He is Oak. incredibly Oak is one of the nice biggest guy. Jerks
0: in the history of the league, and he played with Oak.
4: Right. Uh, yeah, maybe it's the, the the Christianity he wears it on the sleeve. Maybe it's. Uh, I mean. You know, a lot of these kids look up to him as a role model. Um, he is, uh, I don't know if reserved is the right word, maybe on the sidelines. Uh, but I guess all those things go into it. People just assume that he doesn't have the fire. But uh, you can be nice and have, have plenty of fire. There, there's a lot of people who have had a lot of success doing that. And I yeah. think
1: we saw some of that switch, Joey, that you were talking about in the press conference today. When he was talking, um, I think it was the show up line, when he was talking about his dad. And how his dad showed up he was kind of holding back tears about how much he cared about his dad and how grateful he was to have him in his life and then he transitioned from being emotional and having his heart on his sleeve talking about his family to the program and then started forcefully like aggressively talking to the mic of don't get me wrong we're gonna show up and he went on that rant and the ACC network tweeted out about like ready to uh run through a brick wall type of thing so like I think we kind of see the ability for him to switch very fast obviously a game setting is completely different than just sitting there telling stories and talking but I think that is an example of kind of that switch that you're talking about Joey
3: he certainly answered a lot of the questions that I that I had and, and maybe some of the worries let me ask you Brooke about this um and I know it's different these days, um, and he talked about this a little bit And the pressure. Some kids want to go to college, and some kids just want to stop by and shoot a ball a little bit and then go to the next step. How important is it to have a coach that, A, understands what it means to be a part of a college community, but also know what it takes and know what it's like to live – um, like Greg said, for 12 years in the NBA on some of the nastiest teams and toughest teams out there. I mean, I don't know if there's any other coach um, that was in this list that was in this you know, list that could answer those questions and that could speak from the heart and speak from experience doing that.
5: Yeah, he's the full package in regards to what it means to be fully invested at the college level, and, and really love everything about your experience at the at the college level, playing for playing for North Carolina. So he knows it from that perspective. But as you said, I mean, playing on the teams he played on for twelve years in the NBA, uh, being able to um, kind of relate to the kids in that manner. Uh, obviously, we gotta have guys that can play at a high, high level. We got to have as he said earlier in the press conference, some dudes, we got to get a few more dudes. We have not, not quite as many as we we've been accustomed to the last couple of years. And so we need to get guys that obviously have the ability to be on campus for small, small amounts, for a short amount of time. But we also need those Joel berries, those Marcus pages, those guys are going to fully invest and in, and in just love on Carolina as much as they can and pour their heart and soul into the program. So we need a, obviously a healthy mix. I think he realizes that. And, and as, um, Joey said, I mean, having Hubert walk in this living room and having a mom and a dad um look into his eyes and listen to him talk about, you know, I, I feel like they'll be one thousand percent confident that their their um their child um is gonna be taken care of and loved and, and treated with the utmost respect and, and and encouraged to be the best absolute version of themselves they can be. So I feel 100% confident where we are and him being able to to recruit at a high level and, and get to, uh, get us where we need to be.
3: Greg, he's going to have to win ball games, and it's not going to be uh, easy. So looking over some of the questions, um, you know, and Sherelle's not with us, so I'm going to kind of avoid – a lot of the recruiting stuff and joey can have sherelle on the coast he is he is in
0: the chat by the way tommy so gregory (laughs) might be able to filter some things to him he is in the the youtube chat with very minimal power on his phone he's
1: sitting in the dark on the patio with a dying battery
4: well, he needs that is to, that is perfect for Sherelle, What he's done, the, the most done dedicated the man days. I've ever seen. He in my deserves
3: life. he deserves <laughs> so, to just sit and watch. Somebody, yeah, somebody needs to tell Sherelle to drive to the McDonald's. They got free Wi Fi. I got some great coffee. At least I think it's great coffee, and uh, mm-hmm. to join us. But no, so he can answer a lot of those questions. But Greg, the question mm-hmm. I have is coaching these guys. Uh, you know, he's he answered the question about the Carolina way and what he wants to do, but clearly it can't stay the same. They've got some work to do on recruiting talent. So how does he mesh his past and what he believes is tried and true with the current environment? And then you have, um, which was not unexpected, Armando Bacot testing the waters here. Um, You know, every head coach, every new head coach has a ton to do um, I don't know if too many head coaches are in the position of Hubert Davis with the weight of North Carolina basketball on him going forward until practice starts. But how does he do it, Greg?
4: I think this is going to be the the challenge, uh, and this is where a lot of the skepticism uh, and concern comes from when it you know, when we're talking about Hubert Davis. Is yes, he was in the NBA for 12 years. Yes, he understands. The importance of the three point shot, right? I mean, he's, he's third all time and three point focal or three point focal percentage at the NBA level. The guy can knock down some threes. Uh, the problem is, he may be the best three point shooter on the team right now, other than Kerwin. Um, and that's something that they have to improve. And I think the question is, he knows things have changed. He knows things need to change, but yet he's been on the staff for nine years. Um, and he's, he's brought in kind of as a, as a sh- shooting guru for a lot of these guys Um, and North Carolina is kind of in the position it is. I mean, that was one of the questions that I, I got a couple of times this weekend is, you know, if, if things need to change, why are you just moving up somebody that was an assistant coach on the current staff? Um, You know, there's a lot that we can dive into there, but those are the kind of things that he's going to have to address in terms of uh, we know that Roy Williams really kind of ran the show in terms of recruiting and in terms of, how he ran practices. I'm sure Brooke can really give us a, a detailed conversation and some of that stuff. I'm sure he's got insight there. Uh, but how much did Roy Williams actually allow other guys to do? How much did he delegate? Um, and those are some questions that that we don't have answers for at this point in time. And so that's kind of the stuff he's got to wade through. Um, and maybe he's always wanted to you know, recruit differently. Maybe he's wanted to coach differently. And Perfectly fine. That's kind of why we're asking questions about recruiting and, and style of play today. I'll never forget, you know, Larry Fedora talked about uh when he played for Fisher DeBerry. You know, Fisher DeBerry always wanted to throw a pass. He just wanted to throw it left to right. And Larry was like, well, Why don't you do what you're doing and throw it downfield a little bit? And that's why Larry was on the cutting edge of the the spread movement, you know, 25 years ago. Um, and so that's the kind of things that I'm I'm waiting to hear from him. And may it may be until we get into the season next year where we start to see some of his own touches come into play. And then he'll say, well, you know, I, I always wanted to kind of do this, but right now we don't know those things. And so uh, adding his own personal touch is how he makes it work. He's just got to figure out which are the, the personal touches that are going to work, which ones will not, because not everything he's going to decide to do is going to be right. That's just something that's, that's how it goes for everybody. Uh, and figuring out which ones will work, I think it's kind of the key.
2: Yeah. And to follow, Greg, for as fun as that press conference was, there there is going to be a ton of external pressure on Hubert Davis to win games right away. And it's not like – I don't think anybody's expecting him to be cutting down the nets next year. But this Carolina team, I think everybody can agree, has to be significantly better than the team that we've seen the past two years. And I'm not totally sure how prepared this current roster as it is can win next year at, at that level that a lot of fans are expecting Carolina to kind of get back to. And I think he was, Hubert was pretty realistic and he was pretty honest saying that this is a team that they're going to have to take a, a long look at the, at the transfer portal. I wrote this quote down where he said, we've got to go to the transfer portal and find big time players that want to be a part of this unbelievable program that can play right away. I understand we need more shooters. We need more versatility in our bigs. We need to be better defensively. And those are all things that they plan to address and they will next year. And I thought that was an interesting part where he was kind of upfront knowing that the standard of Carolina basketball isn't where it should be. It isn't where they hope it to where they hope it to be and that this team has to improve and they have to improve pretty fast.
1: Yeah, this isn't. I was thinking about max introductory press conference versus today and we talk about winning the press conference and they both obviously did it. Both of their introductory press conferences were incredible given the programs that they were taking over. Mac was taking over a football program in shambles. Hubert Davis is taking over a basketball program to prevent it from getting there. I think that's an important distinction as far as like UNC basketball is not in shambles right now. Yes. Two years ago was not great. We all know the reasons why that kind of happened as far as injuries and things like that, and not having the normal big man and just a whole bunch of stuff. Um, And then this year could have been better. There were a lot of games that they could have won, um, and it just kind of didn't work out as far as Caleb Love being consistent and things like that. But to your point, Fip, about what Hubert was trying to project and discuss is, look, we're going to win next year. And so with Mac, it was we need to make a bowl game. Like, right. Like his, he, his were baby steps of, all right, let's win six games. Let's win our bowl game. And then let's try to compete for the coastal and then kind of work our way up from there. I mean, Hubert and UNC and fans expect to be back into the top four of the ACC next year. And based on what he said today, he's understands what's needed. Um, other than maybe not fully answering your question, Greg, about styles, but to his point, he's been hired for only 24 hours. Um, but I think he understands and we'll see. He hasn't coached a game yet. And I was a skeptic. I'm still a skeptic because he hasn't coached a game yet. He hasn't landed a recruit. I'm confident in his ability to recruit. I mean, I know he was at the forefront of guys like Cole um, and maybe a few others. And if he, he had a good conversation with Walker Kessler tonight, I know rel reported on that. Um, So we'll see, but yeah, I think that's the difference between um, Mac and, and Hubert as far as what they're, taking on and what they need to accomplish right away.
0: So I want to jump in real quick. I I think Vip kind of hit on something that jumped out of me in the press conference today, and that was Hubert Davis trying to reposition, uh, North Carolina recruiting kind of like putting it a little more on an elite status as opposed to kind of going after some of these, uh, five-star blue chip kids and trying to convince them to come to North Carolina, I heard him saying a little bit about y'all need to want to be a part of this. Brooke, I want to ask you, uh, how did coach Smith recruit you? Was that, was that kind of a mindset there? And I realized that, you know, each recruiting relationship is different, but it was very refreshing to hear Davis say again, you know, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but we're North Carolina. This is an amazing experience. This is, you know, a lifetime of family. You should want to be a part of this and be all in as a part of this, what was, what was your recruiting experience like with, with coach Smith? And do you feel like that's any different or will it go back towards what uh, Hubert Davis uh, intimated at today?
5: Yeah, I think he made a a very key point. He said, you know, North Carolina, we are the standard and and we got to get that back to that to where the kids understand, you know, that they want to be a part of this. It's not just a stopover per se. I mean, we want to be a program that ultimately gets you to where you want to go but we just want, we don't want guys just to come in in a pit stop and be gone, you know. Um, And so mine was kind of unique. I was kind of a late bloomer and whatnot, but, you know, when, when, when coach Smith called, I mean, my whole world stopped, of course. I mean, it wasn't, I thought somebody was pranking me to be quite honest with you. Um, And so, you know, we need to get back to that level to where, you know, when, when coach Davis calls, I mean, the kids know that, you know, it's, it's, it means he means business, you know, and that we are the standard uh, and we got to get back to, um, you know, I think to a certain degree for some of these kids, we do need to get in a little bit earlier here and there. I, I think nowadays kids are a little bit different, you know, where as my world kind of stopped and I was immediately let's do this. You know, there's a lot of kids that aren't wired that way nowadays. So, so maybe maybe Hubert gets in a little earlier with some of these kids and establishes those relationships a little bit earlier, even though we are the standard. I still think at times we do need to get a little bit earlier to kind of get attention of some of these kids and maybe steer them our way. Um, so, you know, obviously uh, we've we've pulled in a fair number of high-rated kids recently, uh, but we do need some some wings, so, some real wings uh, uh, to continue to kind of supplement to
0: what we have. Um, well, as he said today, he's like, can you shoot? Yeah. You don't need screeners. <laughs> can you shoot?
5: <laughs> yeah, obviously that's an area that that, that has to improve. Uh, dynamic wing play. We kind of talked about Tommy and Dewey and I talked about a good bit this this year. Dynamic wing play. We, we got to have more production from the wings. Uh, obviously, some versatility from Leakey is great, but we got to have more uh, offensive production from those spots and uh, just more consistent production of a perimeter. And, and I think he's plans on addressing that. More versatility from the foreman. I mean, somebody like a Jawad, somebody like a Marvin. You know, somebody that's not just your traditional back back to the basket big that happens to be in the trail post spot, you know, on the secondary. We need to have somebody who can step in there and knock down that trail, 15-footer trail, you know, three-pointer, uh, take it off the bounce occasionally, rip it and go. So, um, you know, I think he knows what needs to be done, what uh, needs need to be addressed, and, and I think he's looking forward to getting on that quick.
3: Let me uh, take a second and talk about Johnny T-Shirt, t-shirtcom They are sponsors of this podcast and great friends of Inside Carolina and of Inside Carolina subscribers. I've said before, if you're a premium subscriber, not only do you have access to all these wonderful threads on the Inside Carolina Tar Pit and UNC Basketball Premium message boards, um, but you... A lot of the questions that I'm seeing, they are full-fleshed-out answers on the message board, the premium message boards right now. And if you're a premium subscriber, you get 10% off your Johnny T-shirt order. Great uh, gear, football, basketball, of course, all the throwback stuff you need, baseballs out there, every school of journalism shirts. I mean, you can get anything you need in the and tailgating gear. Johnny T-shirt and t-shirt.com And they'll bring it to your door And you get 10% off your order Take another short break Let the national guys pay the bills We'll be back with this live roundtable The Hubert Davis hire
4: Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever And this time it's every competitor for themselves Best challenge ever The Challenge All-Stars New season now streaming on Paramount Plus Go to paramountplus.com to try it free Terms of Terms apply
6: old school legends, modern power players, ex lovers are all competing in Cape town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000.
5: And we're going to be
4: right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast.
6: Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, boys back for the second segment, Greg, I'm going to come to you with this. Uh, this is inside Carolina live podcast on YouTube stream, Greg Barnes, Michael Brooker, Gregory Hall, Taylor Viplis, and the Joey Powell joining us. Greg, clearly Hubert Davis's staff and who's going to be on it is uh, right on up there with recruiting talk on on the premium message boards as we speak. There's some news and notes on this message board. I'm going to let you share what you can. I will say this. A name that I see bantied about, I saw this weekend, and then they disappeared found it quite interesting
0: that they disappeared on a beautiful they got, got zapped up into the ether man they they know on, when there's a disturbance in the force
3: on a on a in a and it was absolutely flawless weather to disappear from anyway greg uh, staff update
4: well i think uh we've got most of our current e- intel behind the paywall so if you're listening to this and you're not a member of inside carolina premium I suggest you do so, but I think it's pretty clear. If if you're familiar with Carolina uh, basketball and the Carolina family and you listen to Hubert Davis's press conference today, there's only a handful of guys that he's talking about, right? I mean, he said, it's gotta be a Carolina guy. He wants somebody uh, that played for Dean and wants somebody that played for Roy. Uh, And of course, you know, Bill Guthridge is in there being under, under uh, Dean. And then you start to think about the, the potential options. The other the other tidbit to, to throw in is the fact that um, during some of the, the interviews this weekend, uh, some some head coaches were asked, you know, would they consider potentially being assistant coaches uh, on the North Carolina staff? And so when you start kind of running through some names, I mean, that you know, the list is pretty small. Um, you know, I think the fact that, that you've got guys on staff um, that are Carolina guys, I mean, you know, Sean May certainly is trying to, trying to work his way up the ladder, trying to make his, his presence known by getting a spot on the coaching staff. That's kind of been a goal of his. But you look at you other guys, and one of the issues, and it's, it's an issue on one hand and it's a blessing on another, is that the North Carolina uh, basketball coach tree has not been as uh, successful as maybe people think it should be. Um, you've got the Jeff Lebo's, King Rice, Wes Miller are the obvious ones. Uh, you know, I don't really consider Mark Turgeon in the Carolina family, even though he has strong ties to, to Roy from his days at Kansas, even though Roy uh, inherited him from Larry Brown. Uh, but those are about your, your main guys who have, who have had some success and uh, coached uh, at, the, at the high level. You know, Jared Hass is – I guess he's a Carolina guy at this point in time. C.B. McGrath was at Wilmington. Um, but the list is pretty small. And so I think those are the, the key candidates that, that Hubert's looking at. Um, and I suspect we'll know the the makeup of that staff sooner than later. We, we have a pretty good idea of who it's going to be right now. Uh, and that is on the IC premium board.
3: Indeed it is. That's why I told folks to join Inside Carolina Premium Message Boards. There's a lot of information out there. Um, of course, you can surf other outlets and, and other... Wait wait, uh,
0: wait, 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 wait. Tommy. me. There are actually people that aren't premium members of inside Carolina? <laughs> there are. Who are they... these? Cl- who are these clowns? Sources say, I don't know. Uh,
3: let me, let me ask uh, Michael Brooker a question. Mike, um, I know you coach a little bit, bit of basketball, <laughs> but uh, I need to hook up down near Atlanta. So you need to stay there. Um, I am. <laughs> but you're uh <laughs> What did, you know, we've talked about Roy Williams's ways and, and how he ran his program, and it was him, and it was, uh, he was the guy, and the assistants were, did their stuff, but it was be all end all with Roy. What was it like when you were there under Guthridge, uh, of course recruited by Dean, under Guthridge, and then to the point that this is going to be an all-Carolina family job, what was it like to be on a, on a, on a Carolina team where they weren't Carolina guys? Yeah, that, that was definitely
5: a unique experience, as, as probably has been talked about uh, a lot. Um, you know, coach, coach Guthridge obviously was the big man coach, and Coach Ford and Coach Hanners, you know, were, were guards. And so, you know, um, they delegated pretty well. You know, Coach really uh, delegated and, and, and obviously break down work and drill work. And, you know, and, and guys, I think the coach staff, coaching staff felt comfortable to interject um, uh, whenever needed. Uh, but, obviously, it was Coach's show. But, you know, Coach, coach Doherty, you know, it, it was different coming from guys who hadn't been there with you uh, and hadn't been in that Carolina system. I mean, we obviously um, were, were, were cursed at quite a bit. And so it was just a different style, you know, guys from different uh, coaching backgrounds, you know, Coach Wojcik, uh, fiery Navy guy, um, you know, Coach Bob McKinnon, uh, Coach Q, was kind of a coach quarter bomb who's at Kansas now was kind of the, you know, yo, 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 how was college today? Kind of guy that was always his thing and just a real personable, you know, so it was different, you know um, you know, you knew what to expect with coach Ford and coach Guthridge and coach Hanners. And it was just kind of uh, the way they had been, been groomed in the Carolina system. So, um, you know, I, I think that is important to have that um, you know, I, don't know, you know that somebody couldn't come in, and do really well here. That maybe didn't have that background, but but I understand where Hubert's coming from. He he definitely wants guys that that value Carolina, that love Carolina, that that um, you know that can impart that into the guys and just you know make it the best experience possible for them. So um, I'll
3: I tell you, we had CB McGrath on Joey and I did this past Saturday and. Uh, to listen to him talk about it but the funny Roy story and if you haven't listened to that you need to go find it on chapelboro.com and Joey you remember this one he said that he wanted to play zone and he kept trying to get Roy to play zone and he kept saying it over and over and over but he didn't know if coach Williams heard him at all and so there was another case where he kept saying it, kept saying it and then Roy finally turned around and said i Freaking heard you, but he didn't use
0: freaking. That's what CB yeah, said. He, but CB he used said the real f bomb.
3: used the. You know, it's just it's. Uh, yeah, you got to have guys. I, I believe you got to have guys that understand what the ultimate goal is. And I've always said it. It's different at Carolina. Um, VIP, from not growing up a Carolina fan to being a Carolina fan and talking to some former players. Um, you know, what are they thinking here? I, I know some of your buddies have been uh, bandied about as guys that should come on staff.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think that's been my favorite part of the message board, seeing all the suggestions of people who, who should come on staff, whether it's somebody like Marcus, somebody like Kenny, uh, I've seen Vince Carter. Um, so, so people are kind of all over the place right now, but I think, People like that. It is somebody in the Carolina family. When you're a part of the Carolina family, it's it's a it's a very exclusive club. It's a club that has churned out national champions. Um, it's it's something where if if you bring in an outsider, you kind of jeopardize the entire thing that Carolina basketball has built. And obviously, I get there. There is the the catch twenty two where you can start running out of Carolina guys to the point where you're taking lesser candidates and that kind of devalues your program. But if these coaches can keep winning at a high level and representing North Carolina, it's, it's going to be something that's great because if you bring in an outsider, when like when coach Fedora was getting replaced, for example, a lot of us were worried that like, we wouldn't have the connection to want to come back during the summer. We wouldn't have the connection to, you know get tickets to games and obviously that that all sounds really small to fans but all those things kind of add up to where it does feel like a family atmosphere and that's one thing mac brown has done a really great job from day one when he took over for coach fedora like he reached out to guys that played for coach fedora he reached out to guys that played to played for butch davis and was like hey i don't care what year you played for carolina this is your family. We want you to feel like you always have a place to come home to. And that's something that with Huber Davis, obviously, the Carolina basketball family is still going to have a, a very strong presence where you do have things like the pickup games. You you have the reunions, all, all things that kind of come along with that territory.
0: I think that's a great point, Vip. One of the big things I think, uh, and I mentioned on the show last week, you know, the Carolina family is, is both a blessing and a curse. But this is a situation where I absolutely think it's a blessing because the, one of the biggest knocks against Hubert Davis was that he didn't have any head coaching experience. But if he's able to fill out a staff of good candidates, you know, you look at what Joan Howard has done at Michigan, um, you know, immediately coming in, bringing in a consigliere type like a Phil Martelli, um, you know, able to implement some NBA things, but also he understands Michigan culture. Well, the North Carolina family culture is that on steroids, like to the nth degree. And I think that where this will be a blessing is you've automatically got guys that are going to want to come back and help this summer. You know, they realize that, that COVID may have eliminated a lot of uh, this, this current team's momentum and potential. So I, I get the feeling that not only are they are going to want to come back to see coach Davis and wish him well, uh, Scott Williams said that today on the ACC network that he can't wait to get back to actually, you know, see a game because he played with Hubert Davis, but um Folks are going to come back, come back to see Coach Davis and and get him started on the right foot, and, and that's where I think this family atmosphere uh, was absolutely going back to Sherelle's quote about maybe not the best coach, but the right coach. Um, this is where it's absolutely, I think, going to pay dividends. And you know, uh, Greg, I keep going back to what you said earlier about what's wrong with being a being a nice guy. the The fear that a lot of folks kept making on the message boards this week and on social media was just connecting uh hubert to being a failed experiment like matt doherty was and i think in in his book and in some interviews he's done coach doherty has always said uh, his attitude was probably not what it should have been i don't think you're going to have those issues with with hubert davis Uh, i don't think he's coming in with the ego i think he's coming in firmly understanding you know the lineage that he's hired to caretake and what he's expected to do. And it goes back to what you said earlier, he's expected to win games. I'm going to ask this question to Greg, and I want uh, Brooke to chime in too. And actually, you know, you five dudes want, want to answer It'd be great. Um, what's the first big thing he can do? He's won the press conference. That's behind him. We talked about, you know, there's, there's potential in bringing back certain players in the transfer portal. Is it signing a new kid? Is it getting an offer out to somebody? What's the first big thing he needs to do right now? Greg, go oh. first
4: he can uh, somehow get Walker Kessler back in the fold, I mean, that. I think that wins him a ton of goodwill. And that immediately makes next year's team better, and it makes his job a lot easier. Uh, beyond that, it's the transfer portal. I mean, one of the things, you know, what I asked Roy last, last week was if the changing tide of college basketball, the, the one-time transfer rule that's about to take place, name, image, and likeness. We didn't even get into that with Ruth Hubert today. But the transfer deal, Roy's had four – Transfers in his time at Carolina that he brought in in 18 years. All four of them were grad transfers. Now, no doubt there's a lot of difficulties in bringing in transfers the regular way in North Carolina. Same goes for football. We've talked about that a lot over the years. Uh, But Roy just didn't like that approach. And part of it was he's really big on loyalty and commitment. Like if you commit to go to school, do it. Um, So Hubert. It's said that he's going to he's gonna look in the, the portal to find some options. And if he's able to find somebody who can play stretch four or maybe find a dynamic wing, which for whatever reason, Roy Williams really struggled to sign elite wings recently, even though you have guys like Justin Jackson sitting there as an example. Um, but if you can do any of those three things, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, not only is your team better, but you gain instant credibility – with the fan base and on a national scale and that's you know four months before you even play a game. So I think, I think that's where
5: he starts.
3: Brooke, I'll let you answer that too. Joey's question. What, what does he need to do now?
5: I mean, I, I mean, I, I hate to just say to reiterate what Greg said, but I mean, I think re-recruit this roster, you know, obviously Baycott coming back would be huge. I think he's probably just testing the waters to just kind of get a feel for where he stands, but I don't see him leaving personally. Getting Kessler back in the mix would be gigantic, I think, as Greg said, just not only for next year's success, but just showing uh, that Hubert's able to maybe mend a situation that got ugly and he's able through his sheer force of personality and goodwill and genuine nature just is able to get him back in the mix. Uh, I think that would go a long, long way. Uh, and, and uh, you know, once again, piggybacking, and just got to find uh, some wing help, and some versatility at the four spot, you know, as you saw in those games over the weekend, you know, with Jaime Haquez and some of those guys that are just versatile, that can mix it up, that can play the three, play the four, um, that can take people off the bounce, you know, still can run secondary, but you swing it to a guy at the top of the key that can knock down a shot or take somebody off the bounce or go with a quick dribble handoff, pick and pop situation. I mean, I think that would be huge to kind of open us up and be a little less predictable offensively uh, with those two traditional bigs on the court and just kind of open the world up for some of our uh, offensively, some of our, um, some of our stuff. So, um, you know, like I said, I probably pretty much just piggybacked on what Greg said, but I think that was all dead on accurate as as far as what he needs to do. Cause obviously you can't win a game from now until, you know, so you got to have something to hang your hat on. And I think re-recruiting some of these guys, um and obviously um you know getting to work on the twenty-two class, you know, maybe making a big splash with a guy like a Jaden Bradley, you know, some of those guys that, you know, um getting a twenty-two in the mix, I think will also kind of keep that momentum rolling as well.
2: Yeah, this is also where you're re-recruiting players. I think since this is a fresh start for Carolina with head coach, it has to be a fresh start for everybody on the roster. I, I know one of those scoops um that came out, I think it was from Rel, about why certain players were looking to transfer they didn't feel like their performances in practice were kind of correlating to playing time and I think that's going to be something big for Hubert to kind of establish right away for this team like if if you're if you're balling out in practice I don't care if you're a senior I don't care if you're a freshman that's going to kind of dictate who's playing and I think that goes a long way in a locker room when you know the coach is putting the best guys out there and I, it's, it's, I get where the loyalty comes from, but you also have to have that sense in the locker room that the team that we're putting out every night is the best version of ourselves. And I think that can get clouded when you start looking at, you know, this guy's a senior, this guy's a junior, this guy is a freshman, when you just have to find your best players and play your best players a majority of the minutes. That is,
3: and Gregory, I want you to answer that, but that is one thing I thought of is, is this a clean slate type deal? And we can debate it. And I, you know, somebody asked, is re recruiting Kessler a slap in Roy's face? I, d- I don't think so. I-, I think it's a clean slate type deal. Anyway, Gregory, what's he got to do first? And you can't say recruiting.
1: <laughs> uh, I was going to say recruiting, but I was going <laughs> to say,
3: I wasn't going to say it.
1: Obviously, bringing in Walker, Kessler, Armando, Baycott are huge, um, grabbing the back. But I think, hubert needs to show that he can recruit new players if he can bring in a star like a star out of the transfer portal quickly and show that that he's attacking it fast and get it done by i don't know the end of next week um something like that and be like he's hopped on it he's talking to people um and bring it doesn't have to be a transfer it can be a like a jonas i do type of person in the 21 class right like if he can show that Because I think a lot of, with college college sports in general, recruiting wins games, right? You can make in-game adjustments and things like that, but you need the talent on the floor first. And so I think a lot of concerns with Hubert isn't his basketball knowledge. We, I mean, the man's been around basketball his entire life. We know he has basketball knowledge. We also know that he can recruit for Roy Williams. Can he recruit for Hubert Davis and say, hey, come play at Carolina, we know the history, you know, the history Carolina has. um, And if they're too young laid out, but also it's look at Roy Williams, look what he's done. I mean, this guy has been, he's a hall of fame coach. He's won championships, but now it's, I'm a first year head coach. So if he can still get guys and get them fast and get a guy, like I said, by the end of next week, that's just an arbitrary timeline. I don't know what will make people happy, but, that's my thing. My big thing that he needs to do is to prove that he can get a new guy, convince them to come to Carolina, and do it fast.
3: That you you got a question for the group? You mentioned you had a question.
1: Yeah, um, what would be a failure year one for Huber Davis next season? Like we're looking back and like we're doing a live podcast at the end of the la- at the end of next season, and we're rating Huber Davis's first year what would be a failure?
3: So I guess what's a realistic expectation?
0: I think shooting has to improve. I'll just, like, I feel like that's a, I feel like that's kind of a low bar and knowing Hubert's proclivity as a shooter in the NBA and at North Carolina, um, whether that means bringing in somebody that can shoot better, whether that means a guy like Puff Johnson getting more minutes because he's healthy and working in the rotation, whether that means running an offense that gets more shots for perimeter shooters, but I think it has to be the team needs to shoot better than they shot this year, whether it's from three or from two or from the free throw line, North Carolina needs to shoot better. And I think if they shoot better, then you might win some more games. I know that's kind of a no crap exclusive, but just throwing that out there. I think, I think if they could shoot better uh, then, then that's a win, but if they don't, I feel like that's an immediate, an immediate uh, kind of pop mark on, on his first year. Greg, what do you think? Cause I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about when Roy took
3: over. <laughs> And Matt Doherty, y'all correct me if I'm wrong. They went eight and twenty, and then NIT was that the NIT year after eight and twenty, and then Roy comes, and that's when they lost to Texas, Texas Texas in the second round, uh,
5: nineteen and eleven. I think that year, yeah,
3: nineteen and eleven
5: that first year.
3: But I think we would agree that the talent on that team, or would we? That the talent on Roy's first year, depending on this transfer portal and Kessler. Could be not as much, maybe. I don't know. What's a realistic expectation, Greg, looking way down the road, and we don't even know which direction the road goes. We just know who's driving the bus.
4: Well, when Roy coached that team to, uh, I guess, a second-round loss, Colorado is wasn't that where they were, in Denver maybe? Um, he had come over from Kansas and had played in the national championship game the year before and was basically a god in Lawrence, Kansas. Completely different scenario here. I I think the issue here is you, you hired a guy that has nine years of coaching experience, all as an assistant coach. So there could be rough roads and bumps and bruises and all that ahead, and you just have to deal with it. You have to suck it up and deal with it. So I don't know that we're in a position to say, yeah, you know, if they only win 18 games next year, it's a bad year. I mean, this is what you went for. This is, I mean, it's not going to be easy for Hubert. Um, do I think there's a lot of potential there? Absolutely. But you have to understand that this is high risk, high reward. Um, and everybody's happy because he had a good press conference and they should. I mean, I thought it was great. I think he's a great guy. No doubt about it. Carolina through threw through. Uh, but he has to prove that he can do all these things. He has to figure out that he can do all these things. He has to coach the guys up when it matters in crunch time. Without Roy Williams over there beside him, that's easier said than done. Uh, So the learning curve exists. And so I'm I'm not going to hold him to any kind of standard for next year. I mean, he's got to go through the process. Um, If he can have any kind of successful year, then I would consider it a successful year. I mean, if if he gets the team to the NCAA tournament, celebrate, enjoy it, because that means better things are to come. Uh, but for some reason this team struggles and maybe he's not able to get Walker to come back and they're a fringe you know, bubble team and they don't make it, that doesn't mean he's a disaster. That means he's a first-year coach trying to find his way. And uh, I know I'm, I'm speaking to people who don't want to hear that and may have a hard time with that a year from now. But if you hire a guy with no head coaching experience, you have to be willing to deal with those consequences. And it's okay as long as you think there's potential for growth down the road.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure anybody can say it any better. Anybody else want to try? Or we just want to leave it on Greg's words because I think that pretty much sums it up. Everybody in agreement there? Uh, ch- yeah. I, the
0: ch- I want to follow that. Hang, hang on, Gregory. Oh, I, I oh there's always that. one. Go <laughs> ahead, Joe. Not going to bury it. Not going to bury it because I think <laughs> this is more of a a corollary to what Greg just really perfectly said.
3: SAT words.
0: If, All right. If, if North Carolina fans miss developing players – which I've seen very often recently, you know, they feel like the game has changed and you don't get a chance to see players develop in front of you and you'll get a chance to get attached to them, then they should love. And I hope that they will dig into the same uh, pocket of grace and share some with Hubert Davis as he develops, because that should be another uh, potential bit of fun for this fan base for the next, uh, for the next year or two, because you're going to get to not only see players develop, but you're going to get to see a coach develop right in front of your eyes and i hope that folks will you know give him some grace early on and recognize the wins when you have them and you know as, as roy williams used to always say it's it, it, let's enjoy the journey rather than the destination because as Barnes said a second ago the the it's a high risk high reward and if there is a uh, if there is a ceiling here it's going to be very very high and i don't mean that the, the roof kind
5: well, you know, there, there's a lot of incredibly successful coaches that started out as assistants. I mean, Coach Smith, Coach Guthridge, uh, Davo Swinney, Mark Few. I mean, Roy Williams, Roy Williams, Coach K. I mean, those are guys. I'm not saying uh, Hubert's going to be those guys per se or have those those careers of winning multiple championships. But I mean, obviously, It's not
0: a foreign path. Yeah, right? I mean, like it's, it's not a foreign path at all.
5: And it's different in today's world, of course, with the social media and, and the constant scrutiny at at every turn on every call on every game, but I mean, it's been done before it's obviously amplified with the um, with all the eyes and the social media and the TV uh, presence, of course, but uh, it's not a path that hasn't been traveled by many great coaches. So um, like you said, patience, uh, obviously a little more difficult in today's society and and, and the weight of Carolina basketball, but nonetheless, um, you know, I think he has the moxie to take, to get it done um but who who, and 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 built up enough goodwill from his career uh from his coaching career from his playing career but um we'll see if that actually transpires if he is awarded that little bit of grace and a little bit of um time to develop uh, on the bench so so hopefully we hopefully everyone will give him that um so
2: joey opened the floodgates with everybody chiming in so so now enough. I feel like I have to, Way try to go. Right. Way Way to go. go. Tom, great, look at Tommy. Tommy Tom was ready to wrap it <laughs> up. He was like, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. When like I'm looking cool at when I'm looking at like what I expect this North Carolina team to be next year, um, I would just like to see them have an identity where you look at them this year and you don't recognize the team you're watching from game to game. And I thought the, the quote of the press conference from Hubert Davis is when he said North Carolina is going to show up every game, every possession, every second. North Carolina will be there. I want to see a North Carolina team that just comes out and competes. If, if they win a bunch of games, OK, if they go 500, OK, if they make the tournament, miss the tournament, whatever. I just want to see consistent performances from North Carolina to where you're not questioning their effort. You're not questioning what coaches said to them before the game where they come out looking absolutely flat and then the second half they they turn it on so I kind of want to see North Carolina start to build that identity where they were in in years past and it's kind of been missing the past two years
4: and I think if you go back to that 05 06 season granted UNC was coming off a national championship that makes it a lot easier Um, but even though that team uh, wasn't elite they won a lot of big games but those kids played hard, and that was that was our first glimpse of, of Tyler Hansbrough. Uh, and I think the fact that Tyler pushed that team, and I mean David Noel, of course, is on that team as well. Uh, they played hard every night, and even though they lost some games and had some spotty stretches of play, fans really grabbed onto that. And uh, to Taylor's point, if they, they see a team that that, that busses their ends, regardless if they win or lose, I think fans really appreciate that. And you. One of the things we talked about in recent years with some of Roy's teams uh, is there's, there seems to be games where guys have come out flat. And uh, when you know a team's got a lot of talent and that happens, it's easy to get frustrated. Um, but if, even if you don't have the best talent or you have a coach learning his way, you can still play hard. And
3: we'll be able to see that pretty early.
1: Yeah, you guys I... brought up the... Sorry, Tommy.
3: No, go ahead, man. I'm just here.
1: You guys brought up the path of assistant coach to greatness. And I think Hubert put it perfectly today talking about not feeling pressure. He's like, I don't feel pressure. I know coach Williams is great. Like coach Williams is great. I'm Hubert. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be coach Williams. I'm not going to be coach Smith. I'm not going to be coach Guthridge. I'm going to be Hubert Davis. And so he, he understands that. I think that's important. Um, putting your own stamp on the program and doing what you want to do. He's not going to try to be somebody else, which I think at times in anything, we can kind of get lost in trying to be someone we're not, or trying to do something that we're not capable of, or I don't know if cable loves the right word, but not comfortable with he's going to do what he's comfortable with and what he feels is best. Um, so he's not afraid of not living up to expectations or else they wouldn't have hired him. So
3: look, look at the young guy making oh, the, the life awful. lesson. Yeah. He philosophizing. Uh, <laughs> how many? How many great coaches were never an assistant? Naismith? Uh John Beilein. <laughs> he was never even an assistant. Is he? Where's he coach? now?
5: Uh, he was always a head coach from day one.
3: Wow. But where is he now?
4: Well, Wes Miller was a B-lon? assistant uh, he's for about like three years, now, isn't he? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Somebody said uh, they should go out the outside the family. Like they went outside the family with Dean Smith, and I'm like what dean smith is like uh, no there anybody. wasn't a
0: family before dean smith <laughs> was
3: just like he's the godfather man there was no family before then anyway i agree with what everybody said here and i'm going to try to wrap it but if somebody wants uh, to interrupt me and keep it rolling i have one
1: more question
3: okay let me say what i want to say and then you go can. for it and if there's any questions on the live stream ask them i want to see them play like ucla played like Baylor played like all these teams in the tournament that even if they're less talented they play it's their asses dogs. yeah and I know I mean Baylor is the standard this year it's because they're all 30 years old
0: but yes and, go ahead
3: yeah it gets harder when you get old but uh you know they that's what I want to see from Carolina and we've seen that in the past and we have not seen that over the last couple of years and that's what if I'm speaking from what I hear from most of the fan base that's it right there Because most people think if you play hard and you play like you're supposed to be, you play smart, play hard, play together, then they'll win. They will win because they'll have enough talent to win. Anyway, go ahead, Gregory, wrap it up.
1: We talked a lot about recruiting, but we also – we kind of mentioned the current players. Um, Somebody in the chat brought up the backcourt with Caleb and RJ and Kerwin and the jump that they're kind of expected to make – from freshman to sophomore year. We saw Armando do it. And, but Armando did it with the same coaches and the same coaching staff. Does having Hubert Davis, a new head coach and him bringing on new staff affect that freshman to sophomore jump into what capacity? I think that's something interesting to think about because we expect, we obviously saw Caleb's struggles. We saw flashes of his potential and it's like, oh, freshman to sophomore jump. He'll be a guy next year. But there's a roadblock or an obstacle here with a new coaching staff. How does that play a role?
3: That
4: sounds like a Brooke question.
3: Yeah, Brooke. Okay, look. How Brooke was laid ch- back. He was like, I'm chilling. <laughs> uh, so, so, And you can speak to it right here. Um, those guys that went from transition from – you didn't play for Dean, but transition from gut to Doherty, how was that? transition between those two coaching staffs even though I don't think Roy is going I mean uh, Hubert's going to be that much different from Roy other than modernized anyway
5: I mean I think I think that was one of the major causes of contention throughout the whole thing was just the the manner in which um, you know we were not used to that style Um, and the timing of
0: it Brooke or do you mean like the actual way he coached I think the way
5: he coached, the way in which he spoke to us, the way in which he approached us, like, you know, I've never, ever, uh, I've always gave maximum effort when I played. And, Mm. you know, I I got challenged and cussed out on multiple occasions that I wasn't playing hard enough, you know, whatever. And I just, you know, we didn't handle that well, I don't think, you know, so a lot of coach Doherty gets a lot of heat for the way and and a lot of it, and he will admit and and has admitted, you know, deservedly. So, but I think a lot of times we as players uh, didn't look in the mirror and adjust and adapt uh, the way we needed to, to maybe make his time a little more successful. So I think there's a little bit of blame all to go around to everybody in that scenario. Um, Obviously there were a lot of mistakes made. I don't think that'll be the case here obviously uh, with the transition you know you may have some new blood come in with you know I, I, I don't know the I'm not going to go into the behind the scenes as far as who those who those are going to be but as, uh, as y'all have touched on with the IC premium stuff but um, there's going to be some new ideas there's probably going to be some new ways to push buttons from some new people on the staff and I think that'll be good and and, and you know uh, for some of these young guys these freshman guys that are that are going to hear some different voices all, all the carolina voices but maybe spoken a little differently maybe different verbiage et cetera, and that'll be beneficial for them um, but uh, yeah it was it was a shock for us and I think we didn't handle it well but I think this transition will be really smooth and, and, and guys will will be ready and you know based off of what they've done in the past couple of years I think they'll be hungry to to get back to where we need to be uh, in the in the pecking order.
2: Uh, and when, when When you look at R.J. Davis and Caleb Love specifically I think for them to take that freshman to sophomore leap, the first thing you're going to have to do is surround them with shooters to actually give them a chance. Because when I, when I talk to people who know a lot more about basketball than me, it's like when you're an attack first point guard, like those guys are, and you're looking and the, the entire paint is just collapsed into where you want to attack and where you make your, make your living as an attack first point guard not a lot of people are going to succeed in that scenario. So I think before you could expect them to make this uh, incredible freshman to sophomore leap, you have to give them a chance and surround them with a roster that is beneficial to their play style. And that is surrounding them with as many shooters and floor spacers as you can. Kind of like when you have a guy like Kobe white, who's a similar attack first point guard, you have Cam Johnson, who's one of the best three-point shooters to ever come through North Carolina. You have a big, like Luke May, who could space the floor. So I think you need to see more of a roster like that. And kind of like Greg was mentioning before, it's, it's not easy to find a Justin Jackson or a Cam Johnson on the wing. So this North Carolina team obviously is going to have their work cut out for them when they're looking at the transfer portal and when they're looking at recruits coming in. Very interesting ton of information
3: on inside and of course on the premium stuff. I, I've been trying people are busting on me. Um I've been trying to get recruit Sherelle into this podcast. Sherelle's having technical difficulties, so he's gonna have to maybe bow out. I keep dragging it out. I feel
0: and like st- I'm I feel like I'm, uh, hooked up to a generator in front of his <laughs> house, probably.
3: <laughs> he is now at the Wi-Fi with the free Wi-Fi at McDonald's. Anyway, yeah. uh I do want to send a shout out to Sherelle, um, and to Greg and to Ross and to everybody. And,
0: and Ro- Yeah. Ben everybody. Sherman.
4: Hey, Ben Sherman. Uh, I, I think he works harder than any of us. So he, he deserves
3: kudos as well.
0: So, so Greg, Greg called, called me today. I thought he wanted me to come over and wash his car and I was going to go do it. So, <laughs> that's...
3: so Greg answered this question for me. So people understand what inside Carolina does, uh, how many man hours have been spent since the first text or the first call that Roy was going to retire?
4: Oh, gracious. Um, ben and I talked, let's see, the news came out Thursday morning at 10. Ben and I talked probably 9, 9.15. That's when we kind of got word of it. At the, at the time, we were like, okay, it's got to be April's Fools, right? Um, and since that time, I mean, I <laughs> – uh, a lot, a lot, uh, long days, but that's, uh, you know, you, you have, you have stretches like this where it's, uh, typically you don't have a stretch where you have a retirement and you have to do all this. You know, I mean, if you look at, I see, we've got a ton of content up just on Roy and what he meant. To Everything's pinned,
0: man. It's amazing. Yeah.
4: So we, we were fully expecting, I mean, I went, I went home, uh, Sunday We were fully expecting this to kind of play out this week, but not Monday. We thought, you know, at least let Gonzaga get through the national championship game and check any bases there. Uh, But yeah, it's it's been a a heck of a couple days. But you know, that's that's what we do, and uh, we've done that for a long time. So it's there's fun to it, but at the end of it, you're you're exhausted
0: so uh Tommy, let me do this bet, you can bet your uh you can bet your Joko behind that greg barnes is glad that it's done before uh the master starts on thursday
4: you you not lying a bit i'm I'm happy <laughs> as a lark to say
3: that well what's interesting to me is i'm fixing to blow this podcast up right here uh Uh-oh. and if anybody needs to dip out greg if you need to dip i know it's been long i gotta go my uh i'm crashing hard it's, uh, all it's, right it's, i will gladly replace this guy i will gladly yeah, replace you guys are trading guy. up trust hi, me, hi joey we are trading up, Joey. Get well soon, brother. All right, see so y'all. Appreciate it. We drop Joey. We add. Hey! There he <laughs> is. Cherelle, I want to say
0: hi. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just thinking of. But Joey don't want to leave I'm now. Not give,
6: whatever. I'm
0: not. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy. I'm not giving Shirel a spot. I'm giving him my spot. Shout <laughs> out.
3: Shirel oh. McMillan. So, did, like, did you go buy name? a uh,
4: generator? Is that what <laughs> no. we're
6: now the city of Concord is very um, efficient when it comes to getting power restored, evidently. So nice. it just nice. came back on. Yeah. All right. I made it. Well, I made some calls, Sherelle.
4: Good work, Sherelle. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm bowing out guys. Enjoyed it.
3: Yep. Later, Greg. Greg Barnes, dip out. Sherelle, uh, we have talked on this podcast about some, uh, a lot of stuff that's behind the inside paywall and, I've encouraged people to subscribe as much as possible. Um, And if they haven't by now, I'm not sure what else there is to do. But first, let me get your thoughts on all of this. Um, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I guess when we did this podcast, was it April 1st? Mm -hmm. When you said that the, the right might not be the best. Where are you on that statement now? after watching the last day or so and then after seeing the press conference and know what you've learned um, even since the press conference.
6: I think that's kind of the decision that Bubba had to make. Um, I feel like director Bubba Cunningham. I think um, if they really, you know, uh, pushed hard, maybe there could have been a little more traction, you know, with other candidates. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, they had back channels and, and they talked to people. But you know, he said it in an interview on ACC Network. It was kind of like after he interviewed Huber Davis, he was like, I-, "I found my guy," and that's who I knew. He, he knew that that's who he was going to recommend uh, that they hire. So <clears throat> I think what we saw, you know, in the press conference with Huber Davis, and what we, you know, like we've seen over the last day, really is why it's such a difficult job for someone if you haven't been um, a part of Carolina basketball before. And I know that bothers people um, to some degree, but It's just a reality with any job that you have, There are going to be qualifications and the qualifications are set by the employer. And one of the qualifications at Carolina is that you understand and respect the culture and those who have come before you. And that's why I think Hubert Davis is going to be the head coach. It's not the only reason don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, But I think that was a, obviously a huge part of it.
3: You talk to a lot of players, um, obviously, You know, both at Carolina, not yet come to Carolina, uh, being recruited by Carolina. Um, What is the overall overarching thought on this hire?
6: Uh, Yeah, they seem to like it. I mean, I haven't really spoken with anyone uh, who's connected to the program who has been uh, you know, not supportive, I should say. I mean, I think various guys had, you know, th- their guy or someone who may, um, they think may have done a little bit of better job, but, um, I think, you know, they're all supportive. They're all, you know, know that their demands on this job are special and they are unique and that, I know that makes people want to throw up on the outside because you keep talking about the Carolina family and the you know the Carolina way and all that good stuff. But it's a real thing, and now you have someone like Bubba Cunningham who's validated it not just once but twice in the hires that he's made, uh, in, especially in uh, uh, football and then men's basketball. So um, I, I think it's not something that's just a creation; it's not a myth. I think you've seen outsiders come in and experience, and uh, you know that's why I think everyone is kind of on board with it. Again, different guys probably would have liked to have seen, um, you know, different people within the family get it. But once the hire was made, I think they've they've all started to rally around it is from, you know, what I've heard. But again, my connection is more, um, I would say, with the guys from, you know, pre-2014 and then kind of the, the guys and the players who are there now. So there's a little bit of a stretch there where, you know, my relationships aren't quite as strong.
3: So looking at, you know, potential staff and and not calling out any names, folks got to go to the premium message boards to do that. But what type staff does Hubert have to have to recruit effectively in today's climate? We, he's already said it's going to be all Carolina guys. Um, what does that mean in recruiting circles? Um, given how you've covered it over the last decade plus,
6: um, I think communication is a huge thing um, that North Carolina uh, maybe can improve upon. I think it's something that we've heard from time to time that uh, maybe wasn't the best thing. Just uh, whether or not, you know, clarity about whether or not a scholarship offer is a scholarship offer. Clarity about whether or not I'm a primary or secondary target. Clarity about when you want me to come to campus. Clarity about um, what role you see me in when I get to campus, that kind of thing. Uh, So I, I think that's An easy fix and and, uh, place to start it, you know, that they can uh, knock out right away. Just the communication part. Um, From there, you know, um, you know, having Carolina on on your your sweater or your Nike sweater does make it a little bit easier. It's it's not um, it's not a situation where it it recruits itself anymore, which I think it did for some time uh, or at some point. Uh, but it does make it easier so i think that's one you have to recognize that um but then from there i think guys um there are two different types of players i think right now for one everybody wants to get into the nba so whether you are ranked 947th or you're ranked number two you feel deep down in your heart that you're going to play in the nba one day and maybe that's good maybe that's bad but that is the reality Um, So there's that. So you have to cater to that to some degree. And there are things that come along with that, which is, you know, guys, um, maybe not initially uh, will be having the team number one on their mind. And that can change, obviously, once you get into practice and you understand. But, you know, guys, it's it's about paychecks. It's about making it to the NBA, making money. And so uh, part of what Coach Davis and I think his staff have to do is identify the guys who find value in the things that they find value in, like, uh, he talked about, you know, getting a great education at UNC, um, becoming the best person you can be, um, you know, finding, you know, a wife or, or a husband or or whatever when you're on campus. I think that those are the things um, that he's going to try and, and sell when it comes to UNC. And it's just identifying, um, you know, some of the guys who want to play in the nba but also want those things too because there are some guys who just don't care about that at all and they're not going to care no matter how much you talk to them about family and, and carolina and all that um so really i think identification is going to be a, a big uh deal for him and then like i said communication so if you can do those two things i think you can find players who fit kind of the unique um uh uh kind of the unique situation that North Carolina has where you want to get to the NBA, but you also want to be a part of something special.
3: Indeed. Brooke talked about that earlier. Of course, Hubert talked about it during his press conference. For the record, folks, that is E.H. Taylor. And this is sunburn from being at Atlanta beach all weekend. That's just <laughs> shout out to the, to the YouTube chat. Uh, They've been
1: all over Tommy. have been like, what's he drinking? He's giggling. He's red uh, as a tomato.
3: I'm happy, man. That's sunburn though. It was, you know, it was kind of hot. And when you're pale ass white, you get burned in a hurry. Uh, Walker Kessler, Sherelle, uh, you know, it's widely reported that uh, Hubert wants him on the team. I think even Hubert said it himself. What do you make of that? Do you consider Kessler to be the biggest recruit out there for Hubert Davis at this point?
6: Uh, Yeah, I don't see how he couldn't be. I mean, Carolina has already lost, uh, you know, depending upon what Garrison Brooks does, you know, the expectation has been that he's going to move on. So you lose him. Uh, Armando Baycott is testing the NBA draft process, so you don't know what could happen there. Sterling Manley has decided to enter the portal, and Deron Sharp has gone pro. So right now you have – zero big men who are 100% you know certain to be on the roster next year um so yeah I mean and there's a top 15 top 20 big man who you know almost had a triple double in the ACC tournament available um now there are some unique circumstances behind his availability since he was a Carolina player last year but I don't see how you can when you're trying to rebuild a program and you want the best players how you can ignore someone Was in the program and you know chose to leave but hasn't um, signed anywhere else yet. What about uh, so we weren't surprised. I mean,
3: Baycott testing, I guess the question is, why wouldn't you test um, these days? But you laid out pretty detailed reasons why uh, maybe you wouldn't test given the portal nature. Were you surprised that he announced that today?
6: Not surprised. Um, And you know, since we had that conversation, I think. Uh, what's happened is they put some clarity around some of the dates. Uh, forgive me if I don't have them off the top of my head, but I think is June 17th is when you have to um, pull out by, I think is that, that might be right, or, or that might be the combine. And then July 17th is when you had to pull out by. I think that is right, actually. Um, so you, there's more structure in place now than there was before, at least, even though the timetable is pushed back by about two and a half months from when it normally is. Um, so that you know, if you were on the fence about testing because of that, now you have some clarity. Um, And besides that, I mean, you know, you're going to get some good feedback. You're going to get it from a different voice. We always talk about that. Hearing it from a different voice um, can be invaluable. It could be the same exact thing uh, that Roy Williams told him last year and that Hubert Davis has started to tell him now. But just hearing it from an NBA scout, I think, gives it a different uh, gravitas, if you will. And so maybe that, you know, you'll, you'll hear it and you'll act on it better. But uh, I frankly, you know, no inside information. I'd be surprised um, if he didn't play in Chapel Hill next year. I think this is more of a fact-finding mission so that he can do what he needs to do and then next year, you know, go for good into the draft. That's just my opinion too. That's that's editorializing that is not a report or sourced or anything.
3: <laughs> go ahead, Gregory.
1: I just wanted to do a quick inter- interruption UNC baseball just beat South, number 11 South Carolina in extra innings three to two.
3: A win. They are nice. uh, quite an interesting team. The I watched some of that.
1: Pitching staff held them to three hits and two runs, and UNC had nine hits but could not scratch across runs. But then they scored in the top of the 10th and got it, got it done. So sorry. Just sorry to interrupt Uh basketball that.
3: talk. They did because I saw the records. Um, they were like, on a steep decline yeah they they start off strong I they seem to own South Carolina though at least over there in Charlotte in Knight Stadium uh, last question for Sherelle and Vip and Brooke and Gregory if you have one by all means chime in but we need to uh, it's about ten twenty-five, so we're, we're running up on it Sherelle the portal um, we've talked about it over and over that's just loaded with players I guess more could declare at any time, but I mean, are we at uh, max
6: portal numbers at this point, do you think, or do you think it can continue to go up? I think it's going to keep going up until they put some structure around it. You know, right now um, everybody's, we've all been told and everybody's saying that the one time transfer is going to pass for next season, but it hasn't passed yet. And I think that is one of the things or one of the reasons that so many uh, kids are putting their name in because they've been, Um, I'll say they've been tampered with (laughs) by opposing schools through intermediaries and maybe directly um, saying, hey, you know, the one time transfer is going to pass. You can come over here. We'll start you. You'll get, you know, 25 shots a game or whatever. Um, So that's happening. And then um, there, there hasn't been a date given that you have to withdraw or you have to be in the portal by. So, again, theoretically, I know we've talked about this before, but theoretically right now, as things stand you could just say I'm going to transfer and leave your school in limbo indefinitely because there's no like you have to be in order to be eligible in the fall, you have to be in a transfer portal by May 15th. There's no structure around it right now. So until they vote on it and until we find out kind of how it's going to be um, laid out. Yeah, I think you're going to get more and more players because they see opportunity. Um, and then for a school like Carolina, because they haven't, uh, taking anyone from the portal yet. That's not a bad thing because, I, I we, again, we've said this on a different podcast, but say player X from, you know, player Y, from from Y major conference becomes available because he's like, I, I just want to leave my school. You know, let's just say he's from Sam Houston State and he's the second best player in the country and he wants a higher profile. If you fill up now, like some of the schools are doing uh, with players, then you won't have a scholarship for that player, when, you know, in a month. Uh, so I think North Carolina under Row Williams and now under Hubert Davis has been pretty prudent about looking into the transfer portal and making sure that they find a good fit if they're going to you know, really contact someone and, and go from there.
1: I think that's a good segue into my question for you, rell is Hubert Davis's recruiting abilities
6: uh so just what are they or yeah just your thoughts on (laughs)
1: just your thoughts on what he's been able to do the last nine years what his role has been and how that role has changed with his I mean we talked a little bit last week about recruiting pitch and things like that Mm -hmm. but just your thoughts on what he's done and now what he needs to do and can he do it at the level he needs to
6: Yeah, I think the latter is a question mark that has to be answered. I mean, I can't tell you he can and I can't tell you he can um, as the head coach. You know, we've seen what he's done as an assistant coach and he has a pretty good uh, list of players. You know, he was the lead recruiter for Garrison Brooks and Cole Anthony. Uh, Brandon Robinson, Kenny Williams, Tony Bradley. We actually, I see, got a text from Tony Bradley's high school coach. Um, We haven't talked to him in five years. And he sent us a text saying, you know, great coverage. I'm really excited for Hebert, basically. Um, So, you know, even someone like Tony Bradley, who was only at Carolina for nine months, uh, still see the impact from Hebert Davis in in the recruitment. Uh, Yeah, I think think for him, it's going to be – Different just because he's the head coach. And I I go back to the communication part of it. Um, You just have to have a different level of communication with these players um, when you're the head coach because you're the closer. You know, I think before, not saying he wasn't doing his job, but, you know, he could talk to kids and kind of tee him up and then Roy Williams would come in and close. Well, now that's his job. So it's going to be a little bit different for him, I think. But um, with the way he talked at the press conference and the passion that you see for North Carolina kind of spill out. Um, you know, I I think it'd be hard for a lot of people to say no to him. And then once he puts his staff together, I I think they can do a lot of good things on the recruiting trail, especially with his idea of uh, kind of it seemed like a new era was like the whole messaging today. Uh, New era, modernizing, whatever you want to call it. I think he can do a really good job recruiting um, as long as he kind of holds true to that. I could listen to you talk
3: all day, Sherelle. Let me <laughs> let me ask yeah, you. Uh, I think we ask everybody <laughs> before, and I wanted to get your take on it. What what are realistic expectations for this program going forward? Let's, we can say next season. I mean, what is? You have always been the voice of reason on Inside Carolina, and um, in a quite often in a storm of. Uh, unreasonableness <laughs> uh, i mean what should carolina fans look to and, and what should they expect given that we have no idea what the roster is going to look like I, I mean what is good what is bad for next season
6: um i think you sh- i think it's natural to expect improvement from a good deal of the roster who um we think is going to come back and i'm um, trying to be careful because i know some people don't want it known yet that they're coming back or it's assumed or whatever, but kind of make of that from what you will. But I think a lot of the guys who played, you know, good minutes last year, you have to think they'll take a leap. So that would be Caleb Lowe, for example, he, you know, I think there's no question he's going to shoot better. I think you can see him shoot and realize that he's not a 22 or 23 or 24% shooter. Now I'm not saying he's going to be 43, But, you know, 35, 36, that's a huge difference uh, for North Carolina. I think you look at that. So you look at those guys for improvement. You talk about them uh, going into the portal and then um, adding all that together with whatever system Heber Davis wants to run. I mean, I would expect it to be kind of the second year of those, you know, three- and four-year runs that Roy Williams typically has where, you know, maybe the first year they go, you know, 18 and 11, 19, and 11, you know, out of the term in the second round, I think you still expect to see that team take the next step um, because this isn't a, this isn't a real rebuild hire. This is a, um, I don't want to say continuity because he's going to change things, but it kind of is a continuity hire. Um, and so you would expect them to continue to take steps, even though they're going to be learning a tweak system. So I would say, you know, second round or excuse me, second weekend, the ncaa tournament i think is what fans should be i think that's reasonable considering the talent they have coming back um what they could add in the transfer portal um and then kind of reasonable improvements from all those guys who are returning
1: is that reasonable considering roy couldn't do that the past two years
6: yeah uh, i mean you talked about or somebody talked about the um kind of circumstances over the last couple of years and I know people don't want to hear it, but these guys were freshmen last year. Like it's just, it's hard as a freshman to play in the ACC. I think people forget that sometimes and um, they'll be better as sophomores. And I think because you see that, that sophomore class getting better, and hopefully you see the um, juniors getting better and hopefully, you know, leaky back leaky black improves and they add people from the transfer portal. I do think this can be a solid team next year. Um, Obviously world Williams won't be there. But um, I don't think that's a I don't think that expectation is unreasonable. So
3: last question, Charrell, and I promise <laughs> you it's the last one. Did did you? I mean, nobody like, like Taylor's just
6: been looking at me. He hasn't even said anything. I mean, we're I catching know, you I, up I, for I, like the, past, bro, the hour you missed. I didn't say hey to bro. Like it's just yeah. Everybody's like, look at Charrell. He's here. <laughs> he's checking right now. So Whatever.
3: yeah, really. So <laughs> didn't you have the field when I took Baylor and Gonzaga? I,
6: well, you cheated because at first it was Gonzaga in the field. Then you changed it to Gonzaga and Baylor in the field in like January or something. That's
3: right was Gonzaga. Gonzaga
1: in the field. I that's... was Gonzaga in the field and I lost oh, and okay. I owe, you, I owe okay. you a blue cup. So okay.
3: All right. Congratulations. I'm, I'm all, I'm all, y'all boys think that's been good. I'm going to have a lot of blue cups. That he's not going <laughs> to take
6: it off these little college
3: guys.
1: <laughs> I don't owe Tommy anything. Screw that.
6: Uh, <laughs> Once Houston lost, I was like, well, I guess I, I, guess I owe Tommy or, or Gregory. Oh, well. Yeah. It happens. That, that that was that impressive? Yeah,
3: man. I haven't I haven't seen is I, I da, didn't think is, I da, is Davion Mitchell in the portal? Because I'll go get him personally. He's from Liberty County.
5: He's from Georgia too. Liberty County, Georgia. Who know. is
1: your champion,
5: bro? I I didn't, I I would, I would have gone with Gonzaga from the get go, but you know, as the tournament played on, I told my wife, I'm like, I I, I don't think they can stay in front of those guards from, um, from Baylor. They're just, they were getting, I mean, the way they shoot it and the way they put it on the deck, I mean, they were incredibly impressive um, throughout the course of the tournament and I didn't think Zach could stay in front of them and they couldn't, obviously they were just um, monsters. There. And, uh, the way they shot it and the way they got to the rim at eat with, with such ease on those switches. And it, it was impressive.
2: But you look
6: at uh, UCLA, is there, is there a Johnny saying out there in the transfer portal this year? Uh, no, I mean, and the thing is that was, that was one of those that everybody just kind of like, Oh, a top 30 kid leaving Kentucky, like whatever. And now, you know, he's at UCLA and it's just, killing it like I, yeah I I didn't I Sean, Sean Moran props to him he's been talking about him for like five years that he's gonna be really good that he was all over he's like Caroline needs to recruit him he's a great kid he's gonna play really well and then he went to Kentucky and got buried and I just kind of forgot about him until honestly until like the Pac-12 tournament I hadn't even thought about his name um, and then he had quite a I guess nine game run there or eight game run there so I I saw I, ESPN I, put I,
1: UCLA at number two, and they're way too early ranking. Good, good luck with that.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're 11th seed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, highest-rated Baylor recruit, sure. What, like 60?
6: Oh man, I think it might have been. Um, what's the like the Mark Vidal? I think it might be Mark Vidal, because I remember him at MBPA camp um, like five years ago. The, the super kind of jacked like forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, if if it's not him, I don't know. He was 89th. Okay. Yeah. I don't know then. <laughs> it's crazy
3: to me how <laughs> experience and talent wins championship tournament games. And uh, they showed it. I mean, tell that to Texas.
6: Tell that to you... Chuckle like Smart in Texas. How much did their experience and talent help them yeah. after I talked about them on this podcast? That's they weird, lost to though. Abilene Christian. In the first round, you
1: know, you and I were together, Joe. We were like Texas Final Four. Yeah. And Luke was saying his crap about Pencil Michigan State. And we were like, nope, Texas. Matt Coleman Matt Coleman. And guard. Then they, yeah. What the heck, yeah. man? 50 yeah. points. But then, I mean, Shaka, points? Wins,
3: Shaka wins more games at VCU than he does at Texas. How does that happen?
6: I, I, I thought, you know, Beach there's Carolina not, though. there's a few years ago that I thought yesterday, today's press conference would have been with Shaka Smart. I'm not going to, I thought maybe four or five years ago that that, You know, it seemed like a fit. Um, He's from the air. You know, it just – it seemed like it was going to fit and just hasn't really done anything of consequence since. Texas basketball, where (laughs) aspiring dreams go to die.
3: (laughs) Boy, has this been fun. (laughs) It is uh, – yeah, really. Tommy, before you
1: wrap it up, for everyone watching, tomorrow, 9 p.m., same deal, football talk. So, if you've been starved for football content over the last – Five days and whatnot. We're going to do a little round table football talk tomorrow, leading up to the scrimmage on Saturday. So be here, same place, same time.
3: Yep. Jason Staples will join us, Buck Sanders, and I'm going to roll Greg Barnes out of bed and get him on this one again. (laughs) He has been, he tried to bail out, uh, but he said he would join us tomorrow, nine o'clock, right here on the Inside Kalana YouTube channel. I've been your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Taylor Vipolis. Michael Brooker's been with us the whole hour. Sherelle mcmillan shows up like rolls up in the limo (laughs) (laughs) sure you had no power i believe (laughs) that and uh, you had a candle and uh gregory hall of course running it we'll be back tomorrow this has been the inside carolina podcast hubert davis now the head coach at north carolina it's gonna be interesting summer we'll be right here to cover it thanks everyone
2: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com, where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.